Welcome to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. at the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. You can also check us out online at realchurchcoweta.com or jump on Facebook at Real Church Coweta. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Hey, you can be seated. How many of you guys came just for the food? I know, right? At least you're honest. That's good. Listen, I want to remind you what we're going through. We're going through the book of John, the book of uh, John, and we have, we have gone through now. We will actually today, if you can believe this, in chapter 8. And so it's only taken seven months, which is awesome. Yes, I think it's good too. So, but we do like to go through, if you're, if you're new here, you're visiting here, we do like to go through a book of the, of the scriptures um, uh, and we like to just go verse by verse and we're covering actually a lot of verses today, but we do like to go verse by verse and see exactly what God is saying because truth is, is I can make up a lot of stuff and I can read some psychological books and I can come up with some kind of creative thought that may encourage you for a few days. But the truth of the matter is, is that the power is in the word of God, not in what I'm saying. Are you with me? Is everybody with me? I'm glad you agree with that because uh, that's important. It's very important to me. Uh, I want to remind you that the book of John is separated into two parts. Two parts. The first 12 books, the first 12 chapters of the book of John is the book of signs. And what we're looking at right now is we're seeing all the different things that Jesus did. Then we get from John 13 through 21, the book of glory. And what we see in that is him giving his life over. He's actually giving his life over and defeating death for us. I've told you this every single week we've met and discussed uh, this series, that the main goal of the book is found in John chapter 20, verse 31. John chapter 20, verse 31 says, but these are written... So that you may continue to what? Believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you will have life by the power of his name. And I try to tell you this every week, but I want you to understand something. He's not saying that by believing in him, and we'll look at this a little bit today, but by believing in him that you get eternal life and you have eternal life. That's true. But he also is saying this, he's saying by believing in him, you experience life. And in a few weeks, we're going to talk about John 10, 10, where he says the life you experience is that which has abundance. Simply put, John is saying this, your belief in Christ is going to give you a more more fulfilling life right now. Are you with me? Is it always going to be easy? No. Is is there going to be challenges? Yes. But the truth of the matter is, is that your life will be more fulfilling now if you believe in Christ and follow follow his commands. John 8, chapter uh, chapter 8, verse 12 through 59 is where we're at today. And we covered one verse the last time we were in the series a few weeks back. Says, let's read, let's read, and it'll be on the screen back there. John 8, starting in verse 12, it says, Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. And remember where he did this. He did this under the lampstands there and on the, in the outer courts right there of the temple. He did it right there. The lampstands were all there. And he says, and they had this big celebration. 
I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to what? Life. Life. The Pharisees replied, you are making those claims about yourself. Such testimony is not valid. And Jesus told them, these claims are valid, even though I make them about myself, for I know where I came from and where I am going. Uh, and, but you don't know this about me. You judge me by human standards, but I do not judge anyone. And if I did, my judgment would be correct in every respect because I am not alone. The Father who sent me is with me. Your own law says that if two people agree about something, their witness is accepted as fact. I am one witness and my father who sent me is the other. Where's your father, they ask. Jesus answered, since you don't know who I am and you don't know who my father is, since you don't know who I am, you don't know who my father is. If you knew me, you would also know my father. And Jesus made these statements while he was teaching in the section of the temple known as the treasury. But he was not arrested because his time had not yet come. And it says this, later Jesus said to them again, I am going away. You will search for me, but will die in your sin. You cannot come where I am going. The people ask, is he planning to commit suicide? What does he mean you cannot come where I'm going? And Jesus continued, you are from below and I am from above. You belong to this world, I do not. That is why I said that you will die in your sins. For unless you believe that, there it is, I am who I claim to be, you will die in your sins. Who are you, they demanded. Jesus replied, the one I have always claimed to be. I have much to say about you and much to condemn, but I won't. For I say only what I have heard from the one who sent me, and he is completely truthful. But they still didn't understand what he was talking about, that he was talking about his father. So Jesus said this, when you have lifted up the son of man on the cross, when you, uh, then you will understand that I am he, I do nothing on my own, <clears throat> but say only what the Father taught me. And, and the one who sent me is with me. He has not deserted me, for I always do what he pleases. And this isn't this an interesting little verse here. It says, then many who heard these things believed in him. Now, he's been talking to the Pharisees. Now he's going to switch over and he's going to talk to those who believed in him. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you are truly, and we, we know this verse, you are truly my disciple if you remain faithful to my teachings and you will know the truth and the truth will set you what? Free. But we are, we are descendants of Abraham, they said. We have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean you will, you will be set free? And Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. A slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is part of the family forever. So if the son sets you free, you are truly free. Yes, I realize that you are descendants of Abraham. And yet uh, some of you are trying to kill me because there's no room in your hearts for my message. I am telling you what I saw when I was with my father, but you are following the advice of your father. And then they say, our father is Abraham. They declared, nope, Jesus replied, for if you were truly the children of Abraham, you would follow his example. Instead, 
You are trying to kill me because I told you the truth, which I heard from God. Abraham never did such a thing. No, you were intimidating, uh, you were you imitating your real father. Now, I'm just going to let y'all know that they're not going to like who they say is real father. <laughs> Jesus is going to tick them off here in a minute. All right, here we go. They replied, we aren't illegitimate children. God himself is our true father. And Jesus told him, if, you, if God were your true father, you would love me because I've come to you from God. I'm not here on my own, but he sent me. Why can't you understand what I'm saying? It's because you can't even hear me. For you are children of your father, the devil. Ouch. And you love to do evil things he does. He was a murderer from the beginning. He, was, he, was, he, has, all, he has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. And when he lies, it is consistent with his character for he is a liar and the father of lies. So when I tell the truth, you just naturally don't believe me. Which of you can truthfully accuse me of sin? And since I'm telling you the truth, why don't you believe me? Anyone who belongs to God listens gladly to the words of God, but you don't listen because you don't belong to God. The, re, repeat, the people retorted, you Samaritan devil. I would guess that's probably a cuss word these days. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> probably a, something M, F, whatever. I mean, they, they, I'm telling you, that was bad. Remember, they hated the Samaritans. They thought they were dogs. Didn't we say all along that you were possessed by a demon? No, Jesus said, I have no demon in me, for I honor my father and you dishonor me. And though I have no wish to glorify myself, God is going to glorify me. He is the true judge. And I tell you the truth, anyone who obeys my teaching will never die. And then the people said, now we know you're possessed by a demon. Even Abraham and prophets died. But you say, anyone who obeys my teaching will never die. Are you greater than our father Abraham? He died. And so the prophets, and so did the prophets. Who do you think you are? And Jesus answered, if I want to glorify myself, it doesn't count, but it is my Father who will glorify me. You say he is our God, but you don't even know him. I know him. If I said otherwise, I would be a greater liar as you are. But I do know him and obey him. Your father Abraham rejoiced as he looked forward to my coming. He saw it and was glad. And the people said, you aren't even 50 years old. How can you say that you have seen Abraham? And Jesus answered, I'll tell you the truth. And this is what's really going to make him angry. I tell you the truth, before Abraham even was born, I am. At that point, they picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus was hidden from them and left the temple. What in the world is going on here? Well, there's a lot going on here, and I want to go through today what's going on here, and I want to explain to you exactly what's going on. There's an interesting dynamic at play here when Jesus began to break down some long-standing beliefs. They thought that they were so privileged, first with the religious people, and that's the people that he talked to in the first set of scriptures. He talked to the religious people because they're like, listen, I don't know who you think you are. This is who we are. We have the racket on the religion here. We know the scriptures. We recite the scriptures. And Jesus would eventually say, yeah, you know the scriptures, but you don't live out the scriptures. That's what he would say. And then they say, well, listen, but we, you know, we, and they would go through who they are. And they would say, no, 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 I understand what you're saying, but, but I, I want to tell you something else. This is who I am. And then he transitions over. Now, what they were talking about of the witnesses is found in Deuteronomy. Let's turn to Deuteronomy. Look, look at Deuteronomy 19.15. Go ahead and pull that up. So, but I want you to know something here. 
This was not a court of law. This was not a court of law. They weren't in a court of law. This rule was for a court of law. But they were taking the rules for a court of law and putting it on Jesus in the temple. And here's what it says. You must not convict anyone of a crime on the testimony of only one witness. Well, everybody knows if you watch Dateline, that's the facts. All right? Have you guys noticed I try to find a way to say Dateline in every sermon I do? I'm doing well. The facts of the case must be established by the testimony of how many? Two or three witnesses. So they come to Jesus and they say, listen, you, the Pharisees do, listen, you, you are valid. You're trying to be a testimony on your own. And he says this, he says, well, listen, I want you to understand something. I am not doing a testimony on my own because my father is the second one that confirms who I am. Now, Jesus had already addressed all of this in chapter 5. We talked about all of this in chapter 5. And who were the witnesses of Jesus? Who did he call to the stand? He called John the Baptist to the stand. He called his teaching and miracles to the stand. He called God the Father to the stand. He called the Old Testament scriptures that were fulfilled to the stand. And finally, he called the prophet Moses to the stand. And they testified that Jesus was who he said he was. And then Jesus cuts to the heart of the matter, which he oftentimes can do. And he does this first for the religious people, and then he does this for the crowds that were supposedly some of those who were following him and who believed. So, what does he do? Here's what he did. The first thing he did was this. Jesus told them who he is. They told him who he was. That's what they did. Jesus said, here's who I am. John 8, 14 says this. John 8, 14 says, these claims are valid even though I make them about myself for I know where I came from and I know where I'm going, but you don't know this about me. He said, listen, I am from heaven. I am from the Father and this is exactly who I am. John 8, 18 says this. It says, I am one witness, and my Father, who's in heaven, is sent me. He is the other witness. So this is who I am, and I want you to understand that. Whenever I went on, I went on several mission trips, but I went on two mission trips consecutively, year after year, to Haiti. I love Haiti. Uh, I love the people of Haiti. I'm still friends on Facebook with some of the people that we experienced when we were in Haiti during 2013 and 2014. It was a fantastic time, really 2014, 2015. It was a great time in Haiti. Uh, and I don't know what it is about my name. I have no idea about my name. But when I came through, uh, I, we had, there were 13 people with us the first time. When I came through coming from Haiti, you have to go up and you have to scan your ID. So I scanned my passport. There's, all, there's a line, there's a whole bank of all of these digital things you walk up to when you're coming back into Miami from Haiti. And I scanned in my passport. Now, I tried to be the good leader, let everyone else go to make sure everyone was great. And I, being the faithful leader, scanned mine in last. And I got a red X now, here's what you don't want if you are coming back from Haiti and you're in the Miami airport. A red X. All right? 
So immediately my mind went to cavity searches and uh, uh, issues that I was getting ready to have. So I looked down and everyone else got the, got the check, the green check, and I got the red X. And I said to one of the other leaders, go ahead and take them, get them some food. I'll be there shortly. So I went through and I went into this room and, and it was a double pane glass and I knew they were staring at me and I sat there. I didn't want to do anything weird. Um, and, and I sit there and so they took my passport and they took my driver's license and they asked me a few questions and then they went back and I sat there for almost an hour. And then they came back out and said, Mr. Williams, thank you very much. You may leave. And I'm like, leave America or leave this room? And they were like, no, no, you can go ahead and go. So that was good. No cavity searches, none of that. All right. So fast forward the next year. I'm standing in the back. Now there's 25 of us. Everyone, I let everyone go. They all get the checks, except me and one other kid who was redheaded, and he was the only redhead on it. And I think that's why we got it. I was bald, but I was a little, I was a little more ginger here. Well, guess what? We both got the red X. So everyone else goes. I said, hey, go ahead and take them to get something to eat. So everyone else goes. We have to go to this line. Immediately, the, the kid in front of me looks and says, the, the guy looks and says, you can go ahead and go. And so he catches up with the group. I get up there. I don't think I look mean. I don't think I look terroristic, whatever that is. I don't know what. I, I mean, I, I think I look like a, you know, a, I don't know, a preacher, a youth pastor, a preacher, whatever. I was trying to be nice and neat and yes, sir, no, sir. Didn't matter. He doubled over Red X and said, you need to go right through that door right there. And immediately I was starting to think about the cavity search again that didn't happen last time, but this time it was going to happen. And then this guy answered and he said, Mr. Williams, you can come with me. Uh, and he looked really mean. And he looked like he was going to beat me up and get secrets out of me that I didn't even have. So now meantime... Meantime, let me tell you what my, my wife was with me on this trip. Let me tell you what happened to my wife. So there was people, you know, Wendy was beside herself. She was distraught. Um, she was walking with, with the whole group. And, and one of the group members comes up and says, you know, uh, that she says, hey, listen, uh, can I get, uh, do you mind if I, can I, can I borrow, you know, can I borrow some money? Uh, um, uh, I, I need to, I, I'm, I'm going to get some food. And he, she was like, he, he was like, well, you know, uh, I'm so sorry. I can tell you're really upset that, you know, that he's that, you know, I, I'll give you whatever you want. And she said, no, I'm upset because I'm hungry. I, 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 he'll be fine. I'm upset because I'm hungry. So I could be in some prison somewhere and my wife is worried about pizza. All right. And that's a true story. So I went literally into the same room again. And I sat there. And this time they asked me a bunch of questions. They told me, they said, all right, I need your driver's license. Okay, let me see your passport. All right, tell me when you left. Tell me when you came back. And it was a series of questions that I ended up answering. And after about an hour and a half, they let me go. But here's the thing, you guys. Before I could leave that room, I had to show documentation of who I was. So who I said I was was exactly who I was. I want you to know something. 
The Father, and this is what Jesus is saying, the Father has confirmed for us that Jesus is who he says he is. He gave him the power through miracles. He gave him the power through the convicting of hearts like you and I. Our hearts have been convicted. What does that say? It means that Jesus is who he says he is. And finally, we see countless times where the Father shows us that the Son is who he is because of the scriptures that were fulfilled. We see this in God's own words twice in the scriptures. Matthew 3, verse 17, if we could bring that up. Matthew 3, 17 says, And a voice from heaven said, This is my dearly loved Son who brings me great joy. Again, at the transfiguration in Matthew 17, 5. Matthew 17, 5. But even as he spoke, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice in the cloud said, here it is, This is my dearly loved Son, who brings me great joy. Listen to him. And so Jesus is saying, I came from the Father. I came from heaven. The Father acts as my second witness. I have been and am going back to the Father, and I am the way to God. But that wouldn't be enough, right? Because he did other things in this too. And here's the, here's the next thing that he did that people do not like. He told them who they were. I want you to understand, he didn't just tell them who he was. He told them who they were. He wanted them to know exactly who they were. You know, I've only been involved in this once or twice. But, but sometimes when you, when you I, I used to work in a counseling office in a counseling center. And sometimes they would have this thing called intervention. All right, intervention. And basically it's where you get people that love someone in a room. And you lovingly tell them, most of the time you read it, you lovingly tell them their situation because they have gotten to the point where they cannot recognize that they are in need of help. It's an intervention. And so you read and say, this is how much I love you. Please take this next step to get yourself some help. Because oftentimes, you guys, we can see a sin present in someone else's life, but they have been so blinded, is what Jesus says, that they cannot see the sin in their own life. John 8, 22 and 24 says this. The people ask, is he planning to commit suicide? What does he mean? You cannot come where I am going. And then he goes further and says, Jesus continued, you are from below and I am from above. You belong to this world. I do not that is why I said that you will die in your sins. For unless you believe that I am who I claim to be, you will die in your sins. These people thought they had it figured out. I mean, they thought that they were the symbol for God in their time. And Jesus is saying, yeah, I know you think that you have it figured out, but you don't. You're not the symbol for God. You are actually lost in your sins. You are. I want to tell you a little secret about marriage. I want to tell you a little secret about marriage. Oftentimes you say, people say that marriage is hard. And marriage is hard. It's not, it's not for the faint of heart. It's just not. But it's very rewarding. 
And one of the things you know, if you have a rewarding marriage, you know that you are not the same person as you were when you first got married. And the reason you're not the same person is that God in his wisdom and his humor, by the way, he puts you with someone who oftentimes is the opposite of what you need. He puts you with someone that is with you 24-7 and they can see the faults that you have and they can see your shortcomings and they put you, God puts you with that person so that that person can help you, can help you see those shortcomings that honestly that your mom and daddy's probably been trying to tell you about your whole life, right? I had someone the other day say, man, I've been trying to tell him that forever. And you said it, and it was like, you know what? Pastor Barry said this to me. And, the, and they said, I wanted to choke him right there. I've been saying that to you forever. I had this situation one time where I came home, and I have a friend of mine. His name is Pepper, uh, and he, he's a doctor, so his name is actually Dr. Pepper. True story. Anyway, he is. He's a great guy, Dr. Pepper. And uh, uh, he, uh, he, he came to me and we were talking one day and I came home and I was so excited. I was like, I cannot wait to tell Wendy this. And I got home and I was like, Wendy, this is what Pepper said. Blah, 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 blah. And she said, I have literally been telling you that for four years. Four years. And now all of a sudden when he says it. See, oftentimes we can't see, but God in this marriage that he puts you in when someone and I always tell people this you know unless no one else has said this to you you know unless it's you know not an abusive situation but a good marriage will have one partner go to the other partner and say hey listen I love you enough to tell you something hard that you need to work on I love you enough to tell you something now I would suggest you not do this in the middle of a fight all right that's a bad thing all right don't do that don't do that but I, I, I would tell you that a good marriage, a good marriage will allow yourself to look in the mirror and to change because you trust the other person as being honest with you because you are one and you are a team and that you want to be the best you can be. And I don't know about you guys, but for me, that's what I've experienced in marriage. So that's what he was doing to these religious people. But then he goes a step further. Let's look at John chapter 8, verse 30. In chapter 8, verse 30, man, we were going to celebrate here. John chapter 8, verse 30. We were going to celebrate this thing up. Then many who heard him say these things believed in him. Wow. So people are starting to believe in him. So what does he do? Well, obviously, he was so excited that he immediately called the committee together and had a potluck dinner. Right? Many got saved, right? He, they believed in him. They believed what he was saying. He rejoiced and added to the church directory. Isn't that what happened? He said, if you could scout over there, let me take your picture. We're going to throw it in the church directory. He was thankful and took them through the sinner's prayer. Is that what he did? No, no. He immediately introduced them to the congregation? No. No. He called four of his pastor friends and bragged on how many people had come, front, come forward and believed. No. No. What did he do? Can I tell you what he did? He revealed who they were. Here's what he said to them. He said, you are a slave to sin. 
And they were like, slave? We're all that, man. We're children of Abraham. What are you talking about? And he said, no, you claim to be descendants of Abraham, but you're a slave to sin. And then he goes a step further. He says, you're illegitimate children and you're not of God. Now remember, remember all, you know, all the people that all day, every day always say, well, Jesus is love. Everybody's love. Do you remember that? Cotton candy Jesus. Remember all those? Lovey-dovey Jesus. Remember all those Jesuses I went through? Jesus is love, right? Well, I don't know about you guys, but Jesus is being pretty harsh right here. You know what he's doing? He's telling them the truth. He's telling them the truth about who they are. He says you, and he goes so far as says, listen, not only, I know you say you believe, but you are sons and daughters of the devil. And your character is flawed just like Satan himself. Well, what do you think happened? Well, I'll tell you what happened. They got angry. They got angry. Can I tell you something, you guys? One of the funniest things that ever been spoken to me about this church is, is this, and it happened after a year we, after we started one for one year, because Lynn had never been a pastor before, and I said, Lynn, tell me, what, what do you think about the church? Tell me what you think. And he said this, he said, well, I've learned that everyone wants to be real, unless it's about them. And that's so true. It's so true. See, Jesus saw the hearts of the people and he explained to them. And because of that, they wanted to kill him. You know, guys, on a personal note, it's very hard sometimes to see some truths that are revealed, especially, and this is why we go through the verses by verse, especially when you see yourself and you begin to see Holy Spirit begins to tell you of your sin. So Jesus not only told them who he was, he told them who they were. And said, I want you to understand, this is who you are. This is who you are. This is the life you will live. This is the life and you will die. This is who you are. That's why he says in verse 51, I tell you the truth, anyone who, believe, who obeys my teaching will never die. There's a reason why we sing that song, trust and obey, for there's no other way. To be happy in Jesus, then to trust. That's why we do it. A lot of people want to believe, but they don't want to obey. You know what obey is? Obeying is letting him lead your life. Obey is setting your own personal opinion aside and letting the scriptures rule your life. Because here's the story. He either is who he says he is or he's not. He either is from heaven or he's not. And you can't say, I believe he's from heaven and then not obey what he's asking you to do. That is called a double-minded person. You can't do that. And that's what they were doing. They were like, oh, I believe, I believe. Oh, I'm not going to obey though. You see, I, I, want him to be, I, want him to be, I want him to get me to heaven, but I don't want him to be Lord of my life. I don't want that. I, I, I want to be Lord of my own life. See, the first thing that happens when you give your life over to Christ is that he comes up and he kicks you off the throne of your own life. And he sits there. And then from that point, you obey him. Let me tell you how I know that. Because Jesus shares with them the way to freedom. Here's the way to freedom in John chapter 8, verse 31 and 32. He says this. He said to the people who believe, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my disciples teachings 
And then he says, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. John 8, 36 says this, so if the Son sets you free, you are truly free. There's another, another version that says, if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. And 851, we just, we just read, I tell you the truth, anyone who, who obeys my teaching will never die. How are we set free? We're, well, we believe, and then we're obedient, and we remain in Him. John 847 says this, John 847 says, anyone who belongs to God listens gladly to the words of God, but you don't listen because you don't belong to God. So there's a test there. How do you know if you belong to God? Because you listen to the words of God, and then you obey the words of God. And so the question I would have for you is, are you in bondage today? Luke 4.18 says this about Christ. It says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for He has anointed me to bring the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim the captives to be released, and the blind will see that the oppressed will be set free. The vision that He has for your life is to understand who He is, to understand who you are, and to adjust to giving your life over to Him because of your situation and who He is. And that's what He's doing here in chapter 8. And my prayer for you today would be that you would not run from what He wants to do in your life, but that you would embrace it. Because he says, when you believe, you have a life, and you have a life that's full. And that's my prayer for you today. Let me pray for you. God, thank you for who you are. Lord, thank you for setting the captives free, and that's me. Thank you so much, Lord, for the word that you spoke and gave to us in such a miraculous way. Thank you for the examples that you set for us. Thank you for coming, dying, and rising again so that we could experience, we could experience not only life in heaven, but true life here on earth. God, my prayer is, is that everyone here would understand that you are the way, the truth, and the life. And God, as they do that, as they do that, they will begin to experience that. It's in the strong and mighty name of Jesus we pray. Amen. One of the things I want to tell you is this before we sing our final song. And I'm just talking from the heart here. Um, I have no idea how people make it in today's society without Christ. I have no idea how people make it without Christ. I have no idea with all the things that are going on how you would make it and how you would think that there's some other way or how you would be so peaceful and how you would have a hope without Christ. I don't know about you, but for me, Christ is my only hope. And I will live and I will die clinging to that hope. I will live and die at his feet. And my encouragement is, 
is for you to do the same. Let's stand up and sing our final worship song this morning. Thank you for listening to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. If you have any questions or would like to contact us, please visit our website at realchurchcoweta.com and click on the Contact Us tab. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. in the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. Until then, God bless and remember to love God, love others, and live real.